Right? Do you want to learn what it takes to create a writing career? Then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go! Well, hello there and welcome to Simply Write. This is the podcast where we talk about the writer's craft and crafting a writer's life. I'm Polly and welcome to today's show. We're going to take a deep dive into the writer's mindset and look at one of the things that comes up time and time again. It's something the writers talk about. It's something that aspiring writers talk about and ask about all the time. It always seems to come up and that is writer's block. And I have a confession and I'll tell you what that is right after the dailies. All right, so what are we working on today? Today's a pretty laid back day when it comes to my schedule. And by laid back, I mean, I don't have a lot of people I'm talking to. I don't have a lot of correspondence I have to do. I'm not sending out any LOIs today. Uh, Summer is usually a little more laid back as far as the public outreach that I do because many people aren't in the office. My daughter's around. I want to spend more time with her. And what I really realized this year is I was putting a lot of effort into marketing, which is important and essential and still goes on today, of course. But I wasn't getting the work done that I wanted to get done. I wasn't moving through the projects fast enough. So I want to have some more balance. So I'm carving out a lot more time to write right now to push through a couple of projects. So today, what does that look like? It, it looks like me behind the computer, flushing out a chapter uh, in the novel. I'm, I'm in revisions and I'm concepting actually a new book that uh, I'll talk about down the road a little bit. It's a new nonfiction book. So I'm developing the book overview, chapter summaries, that kind of thing, mostly for a guide for me to know what I want to cover. I have some really uh, thick ideas, strong ideas, <laughs> thick ideas about what I want to cover in that book. But also in development of the proposal, the publishers want to see your concept. They want the proposal to include chapter summaries and, and kind of a rough outline of what you're going to cover in the book. What I've found now after doing four of these is that that outline those chapter summaries serve as my outline and that is such a good tool when it comes to actually writing the book after the proposal sells so in nonfiction, you generally there are exceptions to every rule right in memoir you generally write the entire memoir but in the kind of prescriptive how to self uh empower my personal development stuff that i've been writing the books that i've been writing you draft the proposal it includes a concept statement or overview, chapter summaries, uh, bios, that kind of stuff. I'll do a show on that one day so you know what to get into your uh, nonfiction proposal. But in any event, when I've gone through that process, it's really helped me, me as the writer, know how I want to approach the book. The thinking that I have to do to get the proposal sold has been a huge tool when it comes to actually writing the book after itself. So that's, um, I, I used to really begrudge all that proposal stuff, but it's useful. So I'm spending some time on that for me, even before I decide 
you know, who I want to send a proposal to and so forth. I'm, I'm just looking at the merit of this idea to see if it's sustainable uh, in book format and see if it's something I want to live with for a couple of years. Because when you come up with a book idea, when you're writing a book, fiction or nonfiction, you've got to live with it through the writing and lots of revisions and the marketing, the publishing, all the stuff that comes with that. So you want to make sure the idea is solid, not just for readers and publishers, but for you, because it's going to be a part of your life going forward and everything you do, it's going to come up by your name. So, um, so it's a lot of writing time and I'm super excited about that. I, I feel good when I have these empty blocks of time. I schedule that intentionally, you know, and you know I do that on Fridays, but I feel excited to come to the desk or the notebook in the morning. I do some on the computer. I do some concepting uh, on my notebook, in my notebook with a pen. Um, and I'm excited for the day. All right, today we're going to dive into a topic that comes up all the time, no matter who I'm talking to, writers and non-writers. And I've asked the question myself. In fact, this is such a popular topic. There are whole books written on this topic. Um, Not by me, but it's definitely something I've written about. And that is writer's block. I think this is interesting because it's really much more about mindset and attitude than our physical or emotional or intellectual ability to write. I think it comes down to self-doubt and fear and frustration and fatigue and all those things. And I told you at the top of the show, I have a confession to make. And here it is. I don't believe in writer's block. I don't believe in writer's block. Now, what does that mean? Certainly, there have been times, many times, when I haven't felt like writing. There have been many times when I'm not writing well or when I feel like I'm not capable of writing well. And there have been many, many times, probably more than all of the others, when I've been filled with doubt and while I'm writing, It just has felt like a slog and a grind and nothing good, nothing I want to do. It just felt really difficult. Those are normal feelings, all of them. Those are normal experiences. And think about it in any job, no matter what work you've done in your life. I bet you there's been many times when you didn't feel like getting up and going Monday morning and you didn't feel like uh, you did a very good job at work or you were able to manage the customer's problem or whatever it is. So I don't think this, this, these down times when the job feels like a grind is relevant only to writers. But here's the thing. I think many of us feel and believe that writing is such a privilege that when we have a chance to do it, we should feel good about it all the time. So we beat up on ourselves when it sucks. I also think there's this perception out there in the world that, I mean, there's a lot of double standards among the writing industry and the publishing industry, but there's this perception out in the world that uh, writing is a special profession. It's been romanticized, right? So sometimes writers enter the profession or have their writing time and think it's all just going to flow and they're going to feel great and excited because finally they get their shot. It's not like that. It's not like that. And it certainly isn't like that every day. Now, when you get those days, it's awesome. Like in parenting or plumbing or, uh, you know, selling products at 
the phone store, whatever it is you do, when you make the sale, when you are connecting with customers or readers or your kids or whatever it is, it feels great. But as writers, we're not always going to get that. So knowing that from the beginning can really help bust your block, right? It can really make you feel better when you sit down and you know that Polly Campbell on the other side of town is also throwing her head against the desk. But the reason I don't really believe in writer's block is because I don't think it's like a sickness or a virus. Yes, there are times you're not going to feel like writing and there are times you're going to need to sit down and do it anyhow, like any work. And I think the skill and the job requires us to know that and find ways through those difficult times. Now, I have come off months where I felt like everything I was writing was just sludge and it was a grind. But each day I still came to the work right? Each day I still sat down. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. And that's a time when self-doubt really rises because you're like, what am I doing anyhow? This is crap. I can't get it done, right? But in this particular case, the most recent one I came off of, I had to go through that to get where I am now, which is feeling really good about a project I'm working on. And I see it very clearly in my head. I think, I think that feeling of distress and grind was caused because I didn't know what I was trying to write. And I had to fiddle around with the story over the course of months to figure out where I wanted to go. And then it became clear and the writing became uh, more fun and easier in a sense, easier not in the physicality and the uh, imagination and the creativity, the creative aspect of writing, but easier in that when I sat down to write, the writing was good. I I knew how to do what I wanted to do in the work. I'm sure you've heard analogies. Uh, Stephen King's talked about one. Other writers I know talk about one too. You know, where the plumber doesn't get to have plumber's block, right? He or she has to show up at the job and solve it fix the pipe they don't get to say no I just I'm, I'm not fixing pipes good today and there's a problem that needs to be solved and I think one of the challenges in writing that we don't expect it's certainly not one I expected is that we have hundreds of decisions to make in writing when we sit down at the page every day I, I didn't expect this it goes to structure and word choice and pacing and tone and voice and point of view and setting and details how much to put in how little moving somebody across the room in fiction or nonfiction itself is tricky moving those characters around can be such a grind. You don't want it to look like a puppet monster. It has to be part of the story and, and true to who they are. If you're in fiction, it has to be something that flows so readers can see how your character moves. In nonfiction, it has to be accurate, but you still have to move them from point A to point B in a way that is true to how that person moves through your story. Stuff like that is really tricky to do and requires lots of decision-making. So I think block can even come from that because we're exhausted, you know, go through the end of the day. And in life, we have decisions about our relationships and our bill paying and what we're going to eat for dinner and how we're going to help our kids and 
all these things. It's exhausting. And so sometimes I think that that sense that we have that we can't write, that we're so wiped out, is because we are wiped out from decision-making in our day that it's hard to come back to the page after a full day at our other job or wake up in the morning and, and come straight to it and know exactly where we want to go. That's exhausting. And we know, research tells us, that mental fatigue really exhausts us physically. So I think that's why a lot of us write in the morning, especially when there's a lot going on in our lives. It's not just because we can carve out the time to do it then, but I think my mind is freer in the morning when I finally do sit down and I haven't, I don't have that level of fatigue. I haven't made all those decisions that a day requires. So I'm fresher to come to the page. So understanding your process, when you work best, when your mind is clear and most creative and knowing what that is for you and making time to come to the page during that time can help a lot. I think that's just about learning about how you work best. But there are lots of things that can keep us from making meaningful work. That doesn't mean we don't need to sit down and do the work anyhow, right? Keep writing. But here are some other ideas about how we can bust through a few of those things that make us feel blocked or keep us stuck or keep us from doing the writing well. Again, sit down. You've got to work through these on the page, right? Sit down and do the work. But uh, here are a couple of things to keep in mind that might make you feel uh, a little easier in the chair and help work through your stuckedness. One of the blocks that comes up for me a lot of times is when I'm in a really creative frame of mind, I will see ideas everywhere. I will scroll them everywhere, post-its and back of envelopes and in my notebooks and, and uh, you know, index cards and on the computer and in other articles that I'm writing, I'll, I'll put something in the margin. And that's an exciting time for me. I like to come up with ideas and picking the one I'm going to pursue next is a little trickier, right? Because that's the thing you have to ferret out. Is this something you want to live with? Is it even a good idea? Because the, the same mind that comes up with this creative exploration of my next idea is uh, always not always reliable. It's not always coming up with the best ideas to pursue. But I like that stage where I'm just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. Then the challenge uh, that keeps me from taking it to the page is I have so many of them and I don't know what to create and I get stuck in the sheer number of ideas, whether they're good or not, and I don't do anything at all. So if you're at this stage, a lot of beginners land in this stage and I certainly did, then you got to pick one and you have to have faith that you will know which one to do after this, right? Save all those ideas, put them in a shoebox or a file in your, on your computer or whatever it is. Keep track of those, but pick one and get going. Write it down, what you're gonna pursue, how you're gonna pursue it, and hold yourself accountable to that idea now for the next month or whatever it is. If it's a longer piece, you have some work on the idea to know if it's worth writing about down the road. So hold yourself accountable to that idea for the next month and push around at it and start developing your chapter summaries or your loose outline or start writing the first chapter and see if that's one you want to live with. But constantly cycling through all these ideas. They are everywhere. You will find them everywhere and it will keep you from writing anything. Okay. The other thing that happens sometimes when I sit down at the desk is to write is the writing is 
hard and muddled and bad. And that feels crappy. And then we want to stop. Often for me, when I'm having a hard time writing, it's because the work I'm writing about is unclear. It's muddled. I don't have a clear focus. Instead of creating anything solid, then I'm spinning around ideas, repeating, cycling through it without ever getting anything on the page that is really relevant to the story, the article, the post I want to write. This is often because I don't have enough research. There's no flow, there's no direction. I don't know what my focus is because I don't understand the piece well enough. And then I need to go back in and back up and do the research. What is the story here that I want to tell? What is the evidence or the research or the details that support that topic, that self, that that intensely focused story? When I don't know the topic well enough, when I don't know what I'm trying to say at the end of a chapter or what action takes place in fiction, when I don't know what the story is about for my magazine articles, I can't write it. And that's when I feel muddled and stuck. So the blockbuster then is to go back and do the research, to write it down. What is your focus in one sentence? And we've done an episode on finding your focus for the idea. In one sentence, what is the story you're trying to tell? And what are the supporting points for that? What are the actions? What are the characters? What are the details? What's the information that will keep you, that will tell the story that you want to focus on? That helps me bust that block down sometimes. All right, another blockbuster, I think, and I know writers that fall into this category a lot, professional writers, people that are publishing all the time and making money from their work. And that is, they get busy with other stuff. They're working away all day long. They're folding the laundry and Facebooking friends and marketing their books on Instagram, right? Putting out posts and, and, checking through to make sure they have the uh, supplies they need and taking notes into their idea. And they're busy moving, but they're not busy writing. And this happens when the task we are taking on feels too big. This always, I always fall into this camp at the start of a new book. Always. Like I will have the proposal out or I'll have the outline mapped out. I'll know just where I'm going to start and I will sit down and I will look at that fact that I have forever to go and I'll think, oh, did I take that laundry out of the dryer? Or, oh, did I check in with her for her birthday? Or have I paid that bill? I will find a million other things that I need to do, which also need to get done, but not during the work time not during the office hours. If you know your process, sit down at that time to write. And if that's your time, it is time to get the writing done. So trust yourself, put it out on the page, make the throw up draft, right? Where you just throw everything at the screen or into the notebook if you write by hand, which more and more writers are doing this, I've discovered. I've talked to a few who are writing by hand. And sit down, break the task down and go through it. Write that first scene, one scene, write that first chapter. If you're doing a proposal for a nonfiction book like I'm working on today, I'm gonna write the concept statement, which is a one page treatment of how I'm gonna handle the book. And I'll probably write 
10 pages in that process, but it'll get me to what I want to do. So my only job today is to write that concept statement, not the whole proposal. If I look at it from needing to write the whole proposal, it's going to stress me out. If I sit down every day and think, well, I've got to finish the novel, that's going to stress me out. But if I write the first scene in chapter two, that will keep me going. So if you're finding yourself busy, 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 but not getting any of the writing done, look at what you want to accomplish today in your project and break it down. Then start with that one little thing. You can even list list out the whole book this way or the whole article this way, right? And when I write a magazine article or a blog post, my goal is just to get the quick draft out, which is, is the some people call it the vomit draft or the throw up draft. The quick draft is I just throw everything that I know about that piece onto the page and that's done for the day. That's it for the day. And it doesn't have to be great writing. It just has to start gelling on the page because when I do that, it starts gelling in my head. And the next day of writing then becomes easier. So when I'm starting a new article, instead of finishing the article all in in one day, unless I have crazy deadlines, which has happened, right? You can write an article in a day. but, But if I don't have crazy deadlines, then I will just throw up everything I know from my research and and the sense that I have about where I want the article to go. I'll put it up on the page for, you know, do that in 10 minutes or 20 minutes and be done with that project for the day. Then I'll go into another project that I'm further along on or or some correspondence I need to do for marketing or whatever it is. If you're having a piece that you're having a hard time getting into, it could be because it feels too big. The blockbuster is to break it down and then sit down and do that thing. Finally, you know, there are a lot of ways to change the mindset and to get into this stuff that keeps us from creating. But this one, and I, I, I use this probably two or three times a week, and I love writing, so you can see how hard it is at times. And that is the 10-minute rule. You've heard about the Pomodoro technique, where you set a timer, you write or go whatever it is you want to produce in any job for 20 minutes, and then after that 20 minutes, you take a short break and then come back to the page. Well, I have the 10-minute rule. The best blockbuster for me in anything that comes up is to simply do the work. But I set the timer for 10 minutes and I tell myself I can do anything for 10 minutes and I will set the timer to just get the writing done. It doesn't have to be good writing, but I need to focus during the 10 minutes on the project that I've decided to work on during my writing time. Usually what happens is during that 10 minutes, I will get sucked in. It takes a while. If, if you work out, you know what I'm talking about because the first three minutes of any walk or elliptical or bike ride or whatever, I hate it. I always want to quit in the first three minutes. My body's tired. I'm like, what the heck? I don't want to be out here. I've got other things to do, blah, blah, blah. But after that, when I push through that first three minutes, I'm sucked in and I'll, I'll finish the workout for a half hour, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. No, I'm not going for an hour of exercise. I'm telling you that right now, but for the half hour. And writing for me is the same way. When I set the timer for 10 minutes and I just challenge myself to focus and work on the piece for 10 minutes, by the time that timer goes off, I'm smack dab in the middle of the piece, loving it, usually finding some flow and I don't get up 
even then. Some days I do. Some days it doesn't get any easier. So I'll get up after 10 minutes and take my two-minute break, go get a cup of coffee, take the dog out, whatever it is, and then I will come back for my next 10 minutes. But the next 10 minutes is always a lot easier than the first because I've started, right? Once you start, you break that inertia, the writing is going to feel better and it will get better too. So no, I don't believe in writer's block because we can always sit down and write. Does it sometimes feel like a grind? Does it sometimes feel hard, like we don't want to do it? Are we writing crap? Absolutely. But sit down anyhow. Use one of these blockbusters and push through your writing session. Because in the end, doing that, you'll feel like you have a small win. You made some of that incremental progress that we need to release the dopamine and increase our motivation for the next day. So sit down, bust the blocks, find your way through and do the work. You'll feel better and it'll be easier to come to the page the next day. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electricast. Hello and welcome back to Simply Write with Polly. I'm Polly and this is the podcast where we talk about the writing craft and crafting a writer's life. And we just came off a segment about writer's block. You know, I don't believe in it, but there are times when writing certainly doesn't feel good. And <laughs> there's a way through them. So go back and listen to that if you're just picking us up now. Otherwise, it's time for my favorite segment. And today it can also be a writer's block Buster. It's time for What's in the Desk. And that is my Twisby Eco fountain pen. It's a cool color. It's bright yellow and it's a demonstrator barrel, which means you can see the ink sloshing around in there. And it's just a solid pen. I can throw it in my bag. It's cool to look at. But here's what I've discovered when I am really struggling. And that means I'm writing anyhow, but it just feels hard and, and not as good as I'd like it to feel or not as interesting. If I sit down with a good pen, uh, in, in this case, the Twisby Eco, and I sit down and go at it on in a good notebook just draft a few lines of what I'm trying to get at it kind of unlocks something and makes it feel better and gets me reconnected with the part of writing that I really like and gets my imagination to flow and all of that so what's in the dust today is my Twisby Eco I think they're about 30 to 35 dollars depending on where you buy and what uh, design you want like I said mine's got a, a bright yellow cap and it's a demonstrator barrel, which is, I think how they all come, the Ecos, all demonstrator, which is so cool because you can watch the ink sloshing around. And when I pull that pen out, I get excited to write. Your assignment today 
is to set your weekly schedule around writing time. So if you know that, you know, you're doing a day job, set a time that you're going to write every day, five days this week. If you uh, are, you know, taking the afternoon off, set the writing in the schedule first and then keep up with that. Keep the schedule every day this week, at least this week, hopefully going on. But notice when you don't feel like writing, when you have one of those days where it feels hard or it's not coming easy, try one of these blocks and see if you can sit down for your 10 minutes or uh, focus and research the piece a little better so you know exactly what direction you want to take with the writing. Sit down, use one of the blockbusters and get the writing done. Five days this week. When we write through the times that feel more difficult, that's how we banish writer's block, right? That's why it doesn't exist for writers who regularly work and publish. So your assignment this week, set your schedule, stick to it, and use the tools and techniques to get your attitude in place and get the writing done. Listen, it's not always going to feel good. No job feels good all the time, right? Not everything always goes our way. And that's no excuse to not do the writing in whatever time you have, whatever your schedule is, hold yourself accountable and sit down and do the work. And in the end, the payoff is not only are you making progress on the piece, but you're going to feel good about yourself. It's going to release that dopamine with that small win of achievement. And that's going to make it easier to get going the very next day. As you go forward this week, remember these words from author Barbara Kingsolver. She said, I learned to produce whether I wanted to or not. It would be easy to say, oh, I have a writer's blocker. Oh, I have to wait for my muse. I don't. Chain that muse to your desk and get the job done. And this week, writers, sit down and simply write. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts, and hear the culture. 